0: Listeners, producer Cam here. It is time to elevate your full body grooming game with Manscaped. And guess what? They have forever changed the grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0. And inside the Perfect Package 3.0 kit, there is a lawnmower 3.0 waterproof, cordless body trimmer, and a ton of other liquid formulations around your Manscaping routine. And guess what? You'll also find the Manscaped Crop Preserver inside the Perfect Package. And it is an anti-chafing undercarriage deodorant and moisturizer because guess what? We all know how painful chafing can be. Subscribe to the Perfect Package to get a new blade refill for your lawnmower or trimmer delivered to your door every three months. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code theAthletic20 at manscaped.com. You heard that right. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code theAthletic20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscape.com and use the promo code theAthletic20, all one word, and that's two zero for the 20. And for limited time subscribers get not one but two free gifts the shed travel bag at $39 value and the patented high performance anti-chafing manscaped boxer brief so once again go to manscaped.com today and use the code theathletic20 the
1: schedule gets shuffled yet again and a pair of starters claim the spotlight on sunday Like, death and Taxes. Dodger's been a Dodger.
2: I have That's not true. had uh, three cold brews yet. It
1: works great in a fantasy league.
2: I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15. On the Athletic.
1: Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Monday, August 10th. I'm Al Melkier. I am here with Derek Van Riper. And DVR, uh, let's start with the uh, the COVID impacts on uh, Major League Baseball, which, of course, is, is going to be an ongoing thing, has been an ongoing thing. The Cardinals still on pause. More positive tests, the most recent one, Lane Thomas. And so the uh, Cardinals Pirates series to start off this week is going to be postponed. Uh, they are scheduled to play the White Sox uh, this coming weekend, DVR. Is there anything you think we should do in terms of setting our lineups uh, here on Monday as far as White Sox hitters are concerned or Lucas Giolito, who's supposed to start against them, maybe Dallas Keuchel? Um, is is there you know risk with starting any of
2: these players? Yeah, I, mean, I think there is. I mean, there's at least a chance that the series with the Cardinals gets postponed at the end of the week. And in many leagues, you don't have the option to swap those players out, which is extremely frustrating. I think the one thing you'd look at And you could try to forecast is what are the pitching matchups going to be like? Even that's kind of an unknown. So you can't really try and make that decision based on projected starters because the Cardinals have been on pause for so long that we don't really know what the rotation order is. So I'm looking at all this and saying, you know, if I have White Sox, they lock on Monday. I'm going to get three games against the Tigers, which is great, but there's a very good chance that those are the only three games that I get this week. So I'm looking very carefully at my alternatives with almost all White Sox. I think the fact that Lucas Giolito's only start of the week is scheduled to come against St. Louis on Friday, that definitely gives me some pause. I think if I have even a decent option to replace him for the week, I'm going to go ahead and do that.
1: Yeah, it's uh, you know, strange to think that you could wind up missing a start there, but uh, you could also get a zero. So uh, I think it's something that we all have to look at. And uh, we also should think about sitting Zach Plezak this week. He was sent home for violating the uh, health and safety protocols, went out with some friends uh, in Chicago on Saturday night with the uh, Indians playing the White Sox. Uh, the India, As far as the impact on the Indians, I mean, they've got Monday and Thursday off this week, so they can certainly make do with four starters. Uh, but seems like the, that's pretty much, uh, I think, a given that you don't start Zach act this week. Uh, the A's and the Astros, of course, probably if you're listening to this, a very good chance that you uh, are aware by now of the uh, bench-clearing brawl that occurred on Sunday. Uh, I think we can anticipate Uh, suspensions for Ramon Laureano at minimum Um, you know I mean there could be uh, an appeal perhaps so again here do we sit Laureano with that risk of a suspension
2: yeah I think you do I mean I think the appeal could be heard within the next couple of days the A's have a six game week with an off day on Thursday so Maybe he's fine for the three-game series against the Angels to begin the week, but you have to think there's a very good chance he'd be serving the beginning of a suspension starting sometime around that Friday series in San Francisco against the Giants. And it could kind of trickle over into the following week as well. I I wouldn't be surprised if Ramon Laureano received a five-plus game suspension for what unfolded on Sunday. It's hard to speculate at this point, but we know Major League Baseball is probably going to be a little more aggressive with these suspensions, given the state of the pandemic and the unnecessary excess contact that getting into a bench-clearing brawl you know, brings to the table. Yeah, and this one had a lot of uh, unnecessary closeness
1: and contact, uh, for sure. So, uh, yeah, there uh, should definitely be some sort of incentive there, and likely there will be. Uh, Let's get to some injury news here, DVR. Giancarlo Stanton over the weekend placed on the injured list. Um, He's got a hamstring strain. No timetable yet for Stanton, but that's the sort of thing that maybe could keep him out for a while. So in the meantime, I think that would probably solidify playing time for Michael Tachman. And in our Tout Wars mixed uh, auction league, I did pick up Mike Ford, anticipating that he would play a lot for uh, the next week, maybe next couple of weeks. Uh,
2: where do you think those two hitters should be targeted at this point? Tachman and Ford. Tachman can play in just about all formats, I think, at this point. I mean, I think he's good enough, as we saw last year, beyond 20% above league average in terms of WRC+. plus, Showing some power, showing some speed. Looks like he's got a nice batting average floor. We all love the park. Five games at home this week, so the two off days hurt him a little bit in weekly formats. I assume Stanton's going to be out for at least part of – Next week, since it's a 10-day IL stint, uh, and the Yankees have a seven-game schedule lined up next week. So things are pretty good overall as far as how the matchups play out. Lots of home games, a nice string of righties kind of coming up in the next uh, two weeks as well. So Talkman in all formats and Ford, at least in deeper leagues, is worth considering because I think he can play at least a couple of times per week now.
1: Yeah, I think that's a safe bet. Uh, Maybe even a little bit more uh, with Stanton out of there. Uh, Charlie Morton exited his start on Sunday with shoulder inflammation. I'm sitting him this week. Uh, Do you think he should be sitting in all formats, maybe save uh, ale only?
2: Yeah, I think I would sit him. I mean, I think the tough thing here is that he's lined up to start later in the week, of course, not knowing how he's going to recover those first few days, knowing that you're probably locked in. Uh, pretty early in the week since they do play a Monday game. I would err on the side of caution if possible. It's a little bit like the Lucas Giolito situation, just based on the timing and given the uncertainty of how Morton's going to recover in these next few days. And he just hasn't pitched well to start the season either. So I think that adds the extra little nudge if you're kind of on the fence about trying to start Charlie Morton. On the road against Toronto would be the start if he's able to make it. So it's not a terrible matchup, but at the same time, I just don't have confidence that he's healthy at this point.
1: Yeah, no, neither do I. And, uh, the one difference with Giolito is I think that maybe you've got a better chance to see if he goes on the injured list. And then obviously that makes your decision very easy, uh, if that happens. So something to monitor and we have the luxury of, a. Uh, a later uh, first pitch on Monday. So that that may help us out a little bit. Uh, Mets rotation's been thin all along. Got a little bit thinner with Michael Walker going on the injured list with shoulder inflammation, just like Charlie Morton, uh, shoulder inflammation there. And Marcus Stroman will not be the replacement for Waka for his next start as Stroman is still working his way back from his torn calf muscle and won't be back any earlier than August 16th. Could be even possibly later than that. Um, That timetable coming to us from Anthony Decomo of MLB.com. And Tyler Malley, I know a lot of people were looking forward to starting him this week, but in a little bit of a surprising move, the Reds have moved him to the bullpen. Wade Miley will take his spot and start against the Royals on Wednesday. But according to Bobby Nightingale, the Cincinnati Inquirer, that could be a piggyback situation with Miley starting, maybe not going that deep and then Malley coming uh, in following Miley. So is Malley uh, worth the start anyway in uh, a possible piggyback role?
2: In 15 teamers, I think he probably is because the bulk innings and the matchup would be against the Royals at home. If he pitches again later in the week, he could also see some innings against the Pirates, depending on how much he throws that first time out behind Mile My- at Wade Miley. I'm frustrated, though, because I really thought Tyler Miley was going to do some damage in this two start week the way it was originally scheduled and. It's just been the year of everything being written in pencil, Al. I, I've, I've got to get used to it. I've got to accept it, but I really wanted Tyler Molly to have that chance to kind of claim that spot. I thought, that, I thought there was a chance he would. I still think that's a possibility because with Wade Miley, we've seen some pretty wide ranges in performance from him in recent years. Obviously, being in Cincinnati, that's a very hitter-friendly ballpark. He's a guy that doesn't miss a ton of bats, so it's easy to see how things could go wrong for him. Uh, and in it's going to be a question of how quickly the Reds make a decision to make a change. I kind of thought they were already going to make it. So maybe it's going to go on a start-by-start basis at, at this point. That's the thing. If there's a se- season that's written
1: in pencil, he can be erased, but he can be written back in. So uh, <laughs> hopefully that that situation will work itself out for people looking forward to uh, using Tyler Malley in in, um, in fantasy. And in some other Reds news, Mike Moustak is placed on the injured list with a bruised quad. And uh, you know, not really exciting options uh, at second base there as far as the Reds are concerned. Christian Colon and Kyle Farmer probably uh, really splitting the time there uh, at second base. So uh, we should take a look back at some of the uh, performances on Sunday, DVR. We will do that momentarily, but we do have a, a message here from our friends at Indochino. All right, DVR. Well, let's like, take a look at some of the big performances from Sunday. I imagine... I was, sir, I want to speak for you. I was expecting that. We're going to talk a bit about uh, Spencer Howard on this show. uh, His debut was not spectacular. Uh, and he really got eclipsed by a couple of pitchers who flirted with no hitters: uh, Denelson Lemet and Justice Sheffield. Lamette going six and two thirds against the Diamondbacks, uh, gave up a Cole Calhoun homer in the seventh inning that ruined um, ruined the no hitter. And Sheffield lasted six innings and didn't allow a run, um, four hits, no walks, seven strikeouts against the Rockies. Uh, that one was in Seattle. So uh, I think Sheffield's a more interesting one here because you know Lemet is. Universally
2: popular uh, in fantasy. Does this change anything for you as far as Sheffield's concerned? I've been trying to pick my spots with Justice Sheffield a little bit. I'm looking ahead, his next matchup should come against the Astros on the road. That's a matchup that I'm not comfortable using him in at this point. Next week, he's home against the Rangers. So I'm not going to scramble to get him on my roster right now. But if he's still available, Next weekend, I think there's a case to be made to at least pick him up as a streamer because this is a guy that has three decent pitches command is still developing, but it's not terrible. I think Seattle still a, a very pitcher friendly park, at least close to neutral. And ultimately, I think they're going to continue giving him opportunities as well. So I'm not really worried about him going short unless he gets hit, right? Like they want to see what he can do. They want to push him to try and get through the lineup a third time. Um, and that's something that's a little bit harder to find this year, as we've learned through these first few weeks. So I'm in on Sheffield and select matchups, but I'm not in on him going into Houston next time out. Yeah, well, no, that makes sense. And I want to go back to something you said a couple of minutes
1: ago about the season being written in pencil. And this uh, applies to closer situations as well. We thought maybe Brad hand was out. Now he's uh, back in the role. Um, I wonder if that's going to happen with Hansel Robles. Cause I mean, he, he imploded spectacularly to be sure. And Ty Buttrey has been the, uh, the popular pickup in the wake of his demotion from the closers role, but on Sunday and up, you know, granted a um, not, uh, you know, a, a low uh, impact uh, uh, situation. Uh, his, his velocity was up almost a couple of ticks from his previous, his previous outings. He got all three outs uh, by way of the strikeout. Uh, granted, The strikeouts, two of them were against hitters uh, that, you know, are not amongst the Rangers' better hitters, Rob Snyder and Jeff Mathis. But uh, he did strike out (laughs) Shinsu Chu, and, you know, it's a mixed bag here. I mean, the the, the velocity was way up, and he did get the strikeouts. I mean, give him credit for that. Uh, And and I, I don't trust Ty Buttrey a whole lot, so I actually went looking around to see where Robles had been dropped and it wasn't in any of my deeper leagues. and I didn't feel like it made sense to go after him in a 12-teamer, but he's at least on my
2: uh, on my watch list at this point. That's where I have him too. I just want to see what the velocity looks like. If it can stay where it was on Sunday, the confidence goes up because I think he has just as good stuff as anybody else in the bullpen. And I think the concerns you have about Ty Buttrey, are worthwhile. I think those are real concerns. I mean, this is a guy that has a really good slider when it's working, but he's lost a little velocity himself on his fastball and should have got better results last year. He was better in 2018 than he was in 2019, so I think Butchery's the guy for now. I think he's on thin ice, and I think Robles took a big step in the right direction toward possibly getting his job back. It's just a matter of time, and I think it's, it's a really tough call in a 15-team league right now if you've got injury issues or you just got to go out and, and maybe chase some pitchers to stream. Robles is a tough hold, but I understand not wanting to let him go in part because they just don't have that clear cut, obvious replacement. You know, I think Butchery is a very temporary solution to the Angels problem. So I kind of want to see that velocity hold up for a couple more outings before I really expect Robles to get that chance again.
1: Yeah, no, that's a fair move. And, and, you know, I think we can afford to be patient here because I think uh, a lot of uh, fantasy owners really lost confidence, and rightfully so, given how Robles started off the season. Uh, how confident are you feeling about Steven Strasburg? Made his uh, return uh, from the, the injured list on Sunday, looked great for four innings, but then just um, really fell apart in the fifth inning against the Orioles uh, Basically got singled to death, uh, but uh, wound up with five runs charged against him. And in a post game interview, he said that uh, you know he was feeling maybe fatigued or, or felt like maybe he just didn't have as much stamina as he shouldn't have had or as he should have had rather. And he's pitching through the nerve issue that's not been resolved. So he's got to start this week uh, again against the Orioles. Do we sit this one out?
2: Yeah, I mean I think you you could justify it, but I still look at this and say, "Hey, this was his first start of the season." You know, it's been such a strange ramp up. We knew he had this issue. I think we've seen examples of James Paxton pitched really well on Sunday without his best stuff. Like a really good pitcher can find a way to get it done. So I'm looking at Strasburg and thinking that even at 50 or 60% he's still probably as good as your SP5 or your SP6, right? And there's a chance that next time out he feels stronger and he's more effective deeper into that start. So I'd probably err on the side of still using him, even though it was a very frustrating ending to that start against Baltimore on Sunday. Yeah. And better overall results for Paxton, who you just mentioned, um, 11
1: strikeouts and six in the third, but uh, did give up some runs uh, towards the end of that outing. But like you said, not his best stuff. The velocity is still very far from where it was last season.
2: He's got the Red Sox this week. You roll the dice with Paxton. I think I'm going to in Tout Wars. That's a 15-team league. I had him in for the start on Sunday. I feel like I got kind of lucky with that because if I had even a decent option on the bench, I probably would have had him on the bench for that sort of turnaround. Uh, But Boston, you know, kind of a top-heavy lineup right now. J.D. Martinez hasn't really gotten it going yet. Andrew Benintendi doesn't look right. Of course, Mookie traded away back during the winter. So I think Boston's one of those teams where they're kind of more like a league average offense than a well above average offense. So uh, I'm okay with Paxton this week and I'm just keeping my fingers crossed. That the velocity starts to tick up, even if he doesn't get it all back. I just want him to start bridging the gap from where he's been to where he typically would be at this point. I think he's still about three miles per hour off his typical fastball velocity. And that's a huge drop. Yeah, no, it really is. So uh, I don't think I'm, I'm going to go cautious with Paxton
1: uh, this week. Uh, but you know, Saddam for this, uh, the start, and that didn't work out so great. So. Uh, before you do set your lineups, though, check out today's featured read. This one comes to you from Gene McCaffrey. Stockwatch, taking advantage of makeup games, under the radar, relief pitchers, and more. Um, great stuff from Gene, as always. And that's going to be it for this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. If you're enjoying this podcast on a platform that allows you to leave a rating and a review, we would greatly appreciate it if you take the time to do that. So, for Derek Van Riper, I'm Al Melkier, and we will return here on Tuesday.